Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Well, today on the podcast, I'm super excited to do something that's been in my heart to do for a long time. Um, I'm going to be interviewing um, two women in two different episodes, and both of these women are uh, my sisters in Christ here in the community that I live in in Durant and have done uh, participated in, in different entourage ministries um, uh, happenings that we we have had or, or hosted, and they both have some similarities in, in where they're at in their life right now. And so um, Adrian Stinnett is the, the name of our first guest that I am about to be introducing. And to give you just a little bit of context on Adrian going in, um, Adrian is in the well, not in the middle. She's more toward the end of birthing a ministry that is called J127, um, based on James 127. But it, it's a ministry to children that are aging out of foster care in the state of Oklahoma. In the state of Oklahoma, when you turn 18, basically there's no provision for you after that. Is that correct, Adrian? Yes. So right now, specific to females, to girls that are aging out, there is a home that is being developed. And of course, this will be phase one of this ministry. I know that it will go on to minister to all kinds of, of students um, going into young adulthood. And so that is that is the place that I came to know Adrian um, at. She was back in our community. She'd relocated back here, had some roots here, and was pursuing this ministry and this calling on her life. And so I've just been itching to sit down and have a conversation with her about what it looks like to walk out your calling, what it looks like to hear um, hear specific commands from the Lord, um, to have things move from being a desire in your heart uh, to being something that is uh, visual and tangible for other people to understand. Of course, she has a board now and numerous volunteer teams that help her in carrying out this seed that the Lord put in her heart a long time ago. And uh, and so we're going to just talk through that process. For you listening, I want you to stick with us in listening. And I want to read this passage out of Habakkuk 2, verses 2 through 4. It says, Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks to it speaks of the end, and it will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come, and it will not delay. See, the enemy is puffed up, and his desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. And so, Adrian, um, I feel like relative to that verse, that at some point in your life, the Lord has given you a vision for what we're now seeing the fruit of in, in Durant, and you have had to live by faithfulness to see this out. So tell us about um, when when was the first time that you remember that God birthed in your heart uh, to do something relative to, to what you're doing now? 
Well, I was actually, it was, I can tell you exactly when. It was July of 2009. I was living in Texarkana, Arkansas, and I lived in an old apartment, um, and I had the upper half of it. And so I called it my upper room, and I was I was in there, and I was praying um, one evening, and I was writing in my journal, and I was just asking God, I was like, just ruin me with with your love where I'm not good for anything else. So I do warn, don't <laughs> don't pray that unless you really mean it. And um, so it was during that prayer time that I felt like God just started showing me some things and giving me a vision. And I wrote it down. Um, I just wrote down about um, young people, um, you know, with life skills and having mentors. And I could see like three people in their lives, you know, a young person and a mom and a grandma. And I could just see this in the vision and I could just see the property and everything. And I was writing it down as God was giving me different things. And, you know, I closed it, um, you know, I closed it and I prayed over that and I would go back to it often. And so it was actually from there that God took me to Little Rock, Arkansas. And when I was there, I was working with kids involved in gangs. And a lot of the the young um, ladies had been in and out of the foster care system. And so I started seeing that and God would remind me, remember what I showed you and told you to write down. And so I would go back um, to that. And so I was there for about five years, ended up opening my home um, as a to become a foster parent. Um, I ended up buying a house so I could have more girls and everything in there. And uh, I it was there that I really learned um, about the foster care system, what happens to the young kids whenever they age out of the system. And God would just always take me back um, to that July of 2009 and saying, all of this that I've given you, I'm preparing you um, for that. And um, it, I was actually in Little Rock thinking that's where I was going to start it. Um, somebody actually offered to donate 25 acres um, absolutely beautiful. Had a little river running through it. I remember standing up there and God said, this isn't yours. And I was like, what? And I'm thinking, okay, but you told me, you know, you gave me the, this vision. Uh, you, you've given me this dream. You've prepared me along, you know, over the last, you know, years. And um, it was shortly after that, that I ended up moving back um, to Durant to take care of my grandmother who became a widow. And um, so I, I was kind of like Jonah. Yeah. Um, Durant was my Nineveh. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'm thinking I'm not going to be here long. And um, little did I know that this was actually where God was going to birth um, the dream and the vision that he had given me. And so that kind of, that's just in a nutshell how, yeah. how we got here and everything. And what year was that, that you moved back to Durant? Um, I moved back to Durant in 2015. 2015. So, mm -hmm. Okay, so four years ago. Yeah. And before we go further in, I want to ask, because I get asked this question a lot about how does God speak to you or how do you know when God is speaking to you? And um, and. We minister to women from a lot of different backgrounds and places. So when you're talking about that moment, first I would just point out that you had set aside time in your upper room apartment to connect with the Lord and to engage with the Lord. Um, that preceded you hearing or knowing anything about what His plans for you were. I think sometimes we want to run with the plan, but we're not willing to run with the Lord yet. And it's in that fellowship, that delighting in him and then him giving the de the desires of your heart, like so. You've exampled that in in sharing about that. But you said you were spending time with the Lord, kind of writing stuff down, and He gave you um, a vision of sorts about 
a ministry um, that involved these different elements of mentorship and girls. And uh, so what does that look like for you? How did, how did the Lord give you that? Was that an actual vision or did you hear it in your spirit? Or what did that look like that you knew the Lord is speaking to me right now and I need to do something with this? Um, for me, how I knew that it was God. Um, I'm not a, a big word person. Um, you know, I, I pronounce stuff wrong all the time and, you know, and things like that. And, and whenever I told God, I said, ruin me with your love where I'm not good for anything else. And whenever I heard, um, the Holy Spirit respond back to me and, and he gave me an acronym for ruined for me, that's how I knew that it was God. And because I'm not that smart. I don't think of things like that. That's not how my brain works. And whenever he said ruined is reinforcing unique individuals and their eternal destinies. Oh, wow. That's and I was good. like, okay, that's God. And so I wrote it down and then just, you know, what followed right after that was just, it, it, it's like it, you know, it just came so easy writing down, um, you know, kind of an outline basically of what J127 was. And actually at that time I was calling it ruined ranch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because of the acronym and all that. And, um, so that's for me, that's how I know, um, when it's God, when he uses my weakness, um, to produce something, Love that's that. how I know that it's usually, um, God speaking to me because I know that I couldn't have came up with something like that on my own. Yeah. Well, I love that. And so again, for ladies listening, put yourself in a position to walk with the Lord, to spend time with Him and ask Him questions and then be expectant that He will answer. Um, and so I love I love that. That's not what we're talking about today, but I just did want to focus on that. Along the same lines, so things seem to be coming along great, like you're expanding your heart and knowledge of this area in your vocational work at that time with gang members, going through the process of becoming a foster parent. Someone gives you or tries to give you land to run wild with what was ruined ranch in your yeah. mind. And it, everything looks right. Everything looks like the shoe fits. Yes. <laughs> and then you feel like the Lord says, this is not for you. Mm-hmm. Again, so same question, what was unsettled in you at that time that you felt like the Lord was saying no? To what Um, seemed perfect otherwise. Yeah, I mean, because it did seem um, perfect. You know, the ministry that I was part of, they were all on board. They were excited. um, They wanted to be a part of all of this. And um, as we're standing up on the hill, the way this property was, we're standing up on the hill, kind of looking down where the the river runs to it. And there's not been too many times, um, but that was one of those times where whenever you hear you know, you just hear the Holy Spirit and say, this is not yours. And it kind of was audible because I kind of, I remember I kind of looked and I'm like, who's saying that? Yo, you know, yeah. no, this place is beautiful. It's perfect uh, and everything. And so God's like, this is not yours. And um, so I remember just, I got really quiet and I got um, into the car um, with a friend of mine and he was like, what's, what's wrong? And I was like, God told me this isn't, you know, mine. And, um, he kind of confirmed with me that he felt, you know, there were, there was something that God was about to do. Well, little did I know it was, I was going to be leaving from a place that I thought I was going to be forever. So, um, so not only did God very loudly speak to my spirit, but he also had somebody 
confirm um, what I just had heard. Okay. So, so this brings up a question in my mm-hmm. mind that I feel like is relevant to everyone on journey with Jesus and into calling. Um, the reality that discouragement can set in sometimes when you feel like you have heard, you have heard the Lord so clearly. Mm-hmm. In your case, you have a vivid vision written down in a book that's like guiding really your life and your actions up to this point. And then things seem to be elevating and then like, boom, things are shifting gears. How do you, as a believer, how do you walk through discouragement when things aren't unfolding in the way that you thought they were going to unfold? Uh, that, so I definitely have not, I I don't have it down. (laughs) Um, you know, like I was saying earlier, I kind of was, um, I I was very disappointed and kind of like, um, you know, especially with where God was bringing me back to, um, I, you know, I'd been away from Durant for 13 years. Um, I never thought I would come back and, um, I, you know, I basically was, pouting. Um, I, I didn't handle it very well at first because I didn't see, Mm -hmm. um, where God was taking me. I thought my dream was done and I'm thinking, but God, you showed me this, you told me this, um, all of those things. So, and as soon for me, um, I, it was the, I didn't have the faith. Um, I was actually, I was doubting, um, in, in, doubting if you'd heard, clearly. if I heard. Yeah. And, you know, because what, how I thought it was going to, you know, work out and line out and everything. And with it being there, um, and then here God pulls me out and takes me back to a place I have no desire to be. And, um, so I, I, basically was sitting underneath the tree pouting for about a year and a half. And, um, you know, God kept, you know, are you done yet? And and I, you know, I I felt like God would constantly say that, are you done pouting yet? (laughs) And I, I remember saying, give me one more week. I remember telling God, yeah. give me one more week um, because I was just having to really wrap my mind around what was going on, where I'm at, what I'm doing, and and also that my dream and this vision that he had given me, it wasn't dead just because it wasn't like I thought it was going to be. And, and I remember coming back, okay, God, I'm ready, and literally – within weeks after telling God that I'm done, you know, pouting, ask for forgiveness um, in that, and that God actually um, had some people in my life that I do small group with, and they're like, okay, we're tired of you talking about this all the time. What are you going to do about it? And they said, you're going to speak at at church on this Sunday. Be prepared. Be ready. And who was that? Um, It was Matt Gregory. Okay. And um, he's uh, one of the elders at the church. And so, you know, he's like, okay, no more talking about it. Um, You know, let's let's put this into action. And so that's when, you know, um, God just really honored all of that, even my silliness and babiness um, in that. But coming out of it, I see how much I did grow and that I learned to really trust God, even when it doesn't look like anything, um, that I thought, um, especially as I think as women, we can in an instant have our whole life planned out, how everything's yes. supposed to look, um, how, you know, the way just our everyday lives. I don't know how we can do it, how our brains yeah. do it, but we do, um, as women. And I, and I think, um, I had such an expectation of the way things were supposed to be. And God's like, I never said 
all of that. You know, he just had given me an outline mm-hmm. and everything. And so that expectation was something I had said on God and God's like, that's not, a, not exactly what yeah. I said, you know. You know, as I was thinking about our, our interview and in, in the, my interview with Michelle Chester, I was thinking about Sarah, Abraham and Sarah or Abram and Sarah, depending on where you're at in the story. And I think as women, um, we fall into two traps usually. And I know, um, you know, Hearts at Risk's curriculum that we've been through. That's a ministry through Entourage um, that Adrian's familiar with. We talk about this premise, but it's true here too. God gives this uh, blessing and this promise to Abraham, and Sarah is an essential part of it. And so, um, but there's this lag time of doubt where she like fails to get on board in believing that that she's going to be part of the promise. And so I feel like as women, sometimes we miss out on that um, Habakkuk command Mm -hmm. of capturing the vision because we're like, oh, that's okay for everyone else, but it's not okay for me. Or that we receive something um, and then we try to conform it like Sarah did with bringing Hagar into the picture. We Mm -hmm. try to help God fulfill (laughs) His vision for our lives when, like you're saying, He's saying, I didn't say that part. Like I didn't ask you to do to do that part, and so uh, so I think that's really relevant. And that doesn't ma- that just fits to life in general. And it doesn't matter yeah, um, what we're doing. <laughs> but uh, so I also love that you say when you got into community in Durant, you you were not just in the community Durant, but you were in faith based community, and in there in that community, someone propelled you forward in your vision. So talk about the. I mean like just a picture of the body of Christ and and us all, me, you listening on the other end, ladies, being an encourager to pull out vision and others. I love that Matt Gregory did that in your life, and that became the next chapter of what the story is. Mm-hmm. Last note before we move on, the Jonah um, comparison. I love that. Growing up hearing about Jonah, I always thought it was a story simply about disobedience. But when you actually read the book of Jonah, it says that Jonah was fleeing from God's presence. And the the word also says that God goes before us in all things. And so I love that what we may be resistant to geographically, literally God's presence may be what His grace, His anointing, His presence may be waiting in that place until we're willing to step into it, which is what happened when yeah. you got to Durant. That's exactly so, what happened. <laughs> all right. So what happened? So Matt Gregory encourages you. You take mm-hmm. it to your church, your place of, of faith community. Um, what happens next? Um, so, you know, I, I get up there and I share with them um, about J127, what it is. Um, I share with them, you know, the vision that God um, had given me and the direction. Because um, in the meantime, during during this process, um, God just really laid it out. I mean, just laid it out. This is the direction you need to go to start with the young girls that are aging out of the foster care system. And so I just shared that um, with with the body and they instantly caught um, the vision. And and um, I say God allowed the passion that he had has placed in me to come forth. And so by the end of that um, Sunday, I had nine board members (laughs) that wanted to, they're like, we want to be a part of this. We want to help get this going. And um, so we started off with nine nine board members um, that were there um, from my church. Now we're, now we have um, board members from other churches um, and 
here in the community as well. And so because of Matt um, being bold enough and, and saying, okay, stop talking about it and let's do this. You know, um, I always tease them whenever, you know, something or stress or, you know, doing all this, I always say, darn you, Matt, <laughs> you know, you should have just left me alone. But, um, and uh, jokingly, but I could not be where I'm at with other people in the body of Christ. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the things that I always say is this belongs to God first, then it belongs to you, then it belongs to me. Um, I was just crazy enough to say, okay, God, I'll do this. Yeah. And, um, but it has taken every single person to get us to the point that we're at today. Cause I could never do this on my own. Absolutely not. So I think it's important. We know that we're called as the body to walk out James one twenty seven, and that we know that God says this is you know true religion. And um, so my heart um, in this too is it's it's not just for the young ladies that are aging out of the foster care, but it's to bring the body of Christ to walk into unity. And we know that the body has to come in unity for in order for Christ to come back. So, um, you know, that's also part of of this is, you know, bringing the body of Christ together and to use people's different, the gifts and the talents that God has given them to minister and to love on these girls as Mm -hmm. well. So was that, would that have been 2016 by the time you had your nine board members and early infrastructure for Joe um, and that was 2017. Um, 2017. Okay, so two years ago. Mm-hmm. So now, so we went from kind of 2015, year of transition, getting back to Durant, 2017, visions out of the bag. We've got baby infrastructure in place for J127 that originally is kind of through your your immediate network, but now mm-hmm. it's expanded. So now we're two years later, and I want you to talk about, so two years ago, 2017, mm-hmm. this was a vision in your heart and on your on paper. What what does that look like in Durant today? Um, today and don't be humble, yeah. <laughs> or I will step up and say what it looks like. I want you to tell exactly physically mm-hmm. what that looks like today. Um, well, today we, uh, we were donated three acres over... Um, on, I don't know, a side of town, that 49th Street, if you're from Durant. And we were given three acres and a building. And uh, we have completely renovated um, the inside of that building. And I have to say, it looks pretty good (laughs) inside of there. And we've actually been in there decorating the last couple days. And then right behind that um, is where we're building the 5,200 square foot home that will house uh, 10 girls. And then there will be a one bedroom apartment for the house parent um, in there. And so it is up. Uh, They're actually painting it this coming weekend. And um, they've started the work inside. The plumbing's been done. Um, They've started the mechanical, like the HVAC, all of that's been done. Uh, Our community has just really been very active and involved um, in the whole process. And from donating the land to everything, if you ever have the opportunity to go over there, every Thing you see there has been donated um, to us. Um, I firmly believe in prayer. And so if we have a need, um, I'll ask God for that. And so either he has provided it, um, either somebody will drop it off or somebody will call and have it, or the funds will come in and we'll be able to go buy it um, ourselves. So that's um, one one of the things that I've seen God do. Um, 
I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's where we're at with it and it's um, looking good. So because I live in the community, I get mm-hmm. to see this from the outside looking in. Um, do you have a way of quantifying like how many volunteers have been involved today or how many hours or how many different individual giver? I don't know what's kind of confidential information, what's yeah. not, but I just try, I understand the scope of how big it is. And I just uh-huh. want the listener to under understand yeah like do you know how many different volunteers have been in and out of I I can give you an estimate um it it has been so many and because we're all volunteers right now I don't have like an office staff or anything but it honestly we have had so many I got to the point I got so behind and I was like either I had to start picking and choosing what was really important to keep track of and what wasn't that kind of got put to side but we have roughly where I stopped we were at 250 volunteers that have actually been on site um to help because I was having them sign in and um things like that. We have had lots of college students. Um, I love youth. And, and so we have had uh, youth groups, college students. We have had people from um, coming from all over. Um, Mission Builders came. There was 40, 40 of them, I believe, um, from all over the United States. They came and um, put us up in the dry. That was a really fun week and a half yeah. that they were here. Um, I mean, we have people coming all the way from Atoka, that the oh, um, oh Yeah Ministry. They have come and helped often, uh, the high school and then just community members that are hearing about it and they'll put together, you know, groups and everything. So there's been well over 250 oh, people I'm sure. um, yeah. that have come in. And then we just have individuals, you know, that are there on a weekly basis, you know, how can I help you? What can I do? You know, and things like that. So, um, and when it comes to, we have the Legacy Program, which is our monthly giving mm-hmm. program. Um, right now, we have around 22 people um, that are giving, that are giving, but we also have people that just, you know, weekly or monthly, you know, will give to the vision and what God is doing and everything like that. So um, it's amazing when we stop and we look at our, you know, at the numbers and what God has given us and it's open to the public. I mean, so, you know, being a nonprofit, everything has to be out there, but, um, you know, from the property to helping us match that hundred thousand dollar matching grant we matched in like five months. That came Um, in from a corporation that, in our mm-hmm, community um, from uh, Clark's foundation, yeah. which is Webstron in Durant. Yeah. Uh, you know, they gave us the hundred thousand dollar matching grant and that in itself was a God thing. Cause they usually oh. don't give money to building or new nonprofits. Yeah. Um, and they actually approached us about it. Wow. And so um, with that, and then the community matched it from the time we put out in April and it was matched by October. So I think that what five months or so. And yeah, I mean, so cool. It is cool. Let <laughs> me ask this. Um, so a building in three acres was donated. Mm-hmm. When in your heart did you feel like that was going to be the space for you? And was there any resistance or delay in getting there? So yes, um, we, uh, you know, so once you know, the vision came out, told everybody. And so we have everybody calling me, Hey, there's this place and this house and this land. And I think at that time, any house that was for sale in Duran, I looked at, (laughs) you know, whether it was online or actually going and looking at acreage. Um, but there was one spot I would always drive by. Um, it it was the old day Springs and church and I would always drive by there on my way to work. And, you know, I was just praying as I was going and I, and it, I looked over 
And God's like, go over there and pray. And I'm like, what? And so again, those are one of the audible times. And so I was like, okay. And so I, you know, kind of just drove through there and everything. It had been sitting vacant and stuff for a while and, you know, kind of prayed. And I'm like, God, if this is, you know, what you have for us, just kind of, maybe I didn't hear God. Maybe it's just hopeful thinking. Well, I, I head to work. And when I walk into work, the secretary, she's like, you know what, Adrian? I just, I was praying and stuff about this. And she's like, what about the old day Springs church? Yeah. And I was like, oh my goodness. So that's how I kind of, I'm like, okay, maybe God, that was you. And so they had um, a memory garden back there and there's a bench and I would go back there almost every single day and I would pray over that place. And I was just like, Lord, if this is what you have for us, I was like, please give us the funds it wasn't even for sale. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm just like, you know, let them put it up for sale or you know, anything. And we actually found out who um, was still overseeing that property. And at that time, you know, they're like, no, we're looking to give it back to the younger congregation and to get it open and everything. And I was like, okay. And so, but I still liked that little bench out there. And so I would go out there and I would pray and I'm like, oh, God, and still, if you have this for us. And um, finally, about nine months into going over there, and praying, they called us up out of the blue and they're like, Hey, I think we need to talk. And, um, so we met with them over the course, over a couple months, they really wanted to get to know us, hear the vision, the plan and everything like that. And they said, well, we're feeling that, you know, the God is asking us to give this to you. And so they ended up deeding over the building and the three acres, um, to us. That's so. incredible. And, <laughs> it was neat. and as she mentioned, that was a church before, mm-hmm. and now it is an institution of the most pure and undefiled religion, which is to care for the orphans and widows. And uh, and so I love that the hearts of whoever were the elders and planters of that church, like God is still being honored through ministry on that soil that was consecrated and set apart to Him. And that's something we share in common with Entourage. We're on the other side of town, and um, we habitate what was a ministry parsonage, and we have our monthly gathering in what was a church but is now a secular venue, uh, but but they're still being used for ministry purposes. And so I just love that. Uh, this morning, Jesse and I, uh, Jesse Celine and I were talking about God's blessings and how they're often perennial and collateral, um, meaning that they just seem to come back around and they seem to go out in all directions. Like very rarely does he just send down rain and it accomplishes one purpose, right? Mm, But there's this economy of blessing that follows the word of the Lord that comes out. And so I think about your story, and there's one more element I want you to talk about. When you came to Durant, when you got into that building, when things were already moving in forward motion, there's another demographic of women near God's heart that are not your demographic of women, but that are a collateral blessing um, and beneficiary of what God is doing. Talk about who's going to be in the building one of the buildings with you and um, that situation. So um, Rhonda Richards with Under His Wings um, Ministry, it's for widows and widowers. Uh, I had, she was speaking and somebody invited me to come and listen to her. And as she was sitting there talking, um, 
you know, I'm just like, oh, this is really neat. And then she mentioned that she was going to need a building. And so afterwards I approached her, I said, and we were in the works of getting, you know, the building that we have now. And I approached her, I said, hey, if you can hold off on, you know, buying a building or anything for a couple months, I think I'm going to have somewhere for you. And um, so she's like, okay. And so we ended up getting, you know, the building that we're in. And as soon as we did the same day, I called her and I said, hey, by the way, this was in the works. I wasn't allowed to say anything. And um, we asked, um, asked her if she would want to share that building with us because we, one of our, our visions with J127 is to have widows work with our young girls that Amen. are aging out. And so, so she was just so excited and, uh, you know, she shared with me her vision, her mission. And when we put them side by side, a lot of, um, what I had wrote down and what she had wrote down when it comes to like the life skills and, and what the rooms kind of types of rooms that we needed, they meshed so well. And we're just, like, okay, were you reading my journal? Were you reading mine? And um, just the way that it worked out and the um, same Holy Spirit was speaking speak to both of you. Different times I did not know Rhonda. She didn't know me. Uh, you know, and just how they mesh so well. And um, so, you know, we we offered them to to move into the building with us. We would split everything right down the middle. We weren't going to charge them any rent because God gave it to us. And again, it's not built about building one ministry or one particular church, but it's about building the church. And um, so we asked them, and now they're in the building with us. And because we did that, there was a, a group of individuals that actually, because we came together, paid for the renovation of the whole building because of us partnering together. And and um, so from that, and we have shared with the the widows, and they are so excited, and they are constantly, when are the girls going to be here? When are the girls going to be here? Because uh, they're ready to share with them and to love on them. And I, you know, not only are we we're caring for the orphans, but we also J one twenty seven, yeah, the orphans and the widows, and then they're also getting to fulfill a role of you know being a Titus woman of yes. you know passing down you know from generations you know things that they've learned and stuff like that and and to feel that you know a lot of times the widows they're lonely and they're you know by themselves and it's the same way with our young girls they're lonely and by themselves and so we just want to pair them up so and, i think it's a beautiful testimony to the fact that when we walk with god it says the unfolding of his word gives light mm -hmm. and um and also that many are the plans of a man's heart, but the Lord determines his step. He has the whole vision. We never have to come up with a whole vision. We have to follow the revelation that he gives us. And in this case, you were faithful to follow uh, the revelation that you had, but there was a whole nother part about yeah. the widows. Yeah, that, that he, wasn't written. <laughs> he gave it to someone else, and she had to be faithful mm -hmm. to do the same things that you'd done, to yeah. be still before the Lord, to listen, to walk faithfully in what that vision was. And I just think that is incredible. So I, um, I think that's a tangible point, ladies that are listening, that can be drawn out. Whenever there seems to be a delay, whenever there is waiting, there is fruit that is on its way from that. The fruit of Adrian's uncomfortable wait and undesired shift from Little Rock back to Durant honestly gave her the support that she needed, but it gave way for an entirely different generation and sect of women to be ministered to that she didn't know 
needed to be ministered to yet. So I love that. There is fruit in the wait. There's fruit in the wait. Just just remember that. Okay, real quick, before we um, let you go, I could talk forever, but yeah. this is kind <laughs> of uh, the, the high-level view that I wanted to go at. Would you offer to anyone that— um, Either maybe they're unsure of their calling or they're thinking, man, not everyone can start a ministry. Like, you know, um, like, would you encourage someone that just maybe feels lost in, or insignificant in God's kingdom, not lost in terms of salvation, but they feel insignificant because they're like, look at those, that woman, woman started under his wings, that woman started J127. Um, would you speak to the significance of every daughter and also encourage those that are navigating what the Lord has for them? Well, I am... Um... I don't think anything that God tells us to do is insignificant. Um, I think we as humans put that label um, on that. One of, one of the things I know that God has told me through all of this is keep it simple and um, the simplicity, because really God is, a, I, I feel that he's simple. We kind of make it um, more complicated than what it is. But I would say you don't have to go um, and, and start a new ministry. Actually, I recommend that you don't. <laughs> um, it, you it, mean it hasn't it, been an absolute blast every single oh day? Oh my gosh, I have more gray hair than I <laughs> did. <laughs> You know, and a couple couple extra pounds, but um, but but I know this is what God has called me to. So He's given me the grace um, to go through it. Um, but but whatever it is that God has called you to, whether it's motherhood, um, you know, teaching, whether it's just going and helping your neighbor, you know, that's next door that might need something. All of those things. Um, I don't think God has different levels, uh, you know, in anything. So I would say to learn to refocus our mind and to really, uh, you know, if this is what God has called you to do, then that's all that matters. Um, not to compare ourselves. I think that's a huge thing as women. We also like to compare ourselves in, in what they're doing versus what we're doing and stuff like that. So to me, as long as you're doing again, what God has told you to do, it's all about obedience and it's all about our heart attitude. You know, are you stacking those chairs? Are you doing it because that you want to serve and you want to help? Or are you doing it because you feel obligated to, you know, what, what's the reason, you know, you're stacking, stacking the chairs. And, um, so never think that what, what God has told you to do is insignificant. Yeah, so that's that. so good. Well, we want to uh, just agree with you in prayer before we hop off of here. What are your two biggest needs right now? Two biggest. Two, my two biggest needs, um, prayer. <laughs> always. Yeah, always prayer. Um, no, t- two of the, the biggest needs is I need, um, specifically, I need some volunteer help with some office work. Okay. Um, um, you know, I had someone that was helping me do a lot of data entry and keeping okay. up with all of that. Um, I really need someone to help with that. That would be a huge prayer. And then also um, funding. You know, it takes, uh, you know, money to do mm-hmm. this ministry. Um, we're almost we're almost there. We need like around $32,000 more to have the house completely paid for and then ongoing. So I would say, um, so that's really three, prayer. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, someone to help with office work and then the funding. Okay, we're going to pray. I'm going to pray for that in Mm -hmm. just a minute. If someone's listening and they want to be part of the financial provision or they want to just learn about the ministry, um, what website can they go to to either give or learn about other opportunities? 
Um, they can go to um, j127ministry.com and um, they can find out more about us on there. It has more in depth of our program and then also, you know, a ways to give. And um, you can also go to our Facebook page at j127ministryok and we're very active on there as well. Well, we're excited to see uh, to see this come to pass and excited to get to know some of your girls that will be your J's. That's what you yes, call them, your J's. J's. <laughs> and to, to see how they'll interact with Entourage Ministries as we just, yes. um, you know, do different things with building uh, the women of faith in our community. And so, um, yeah, ladies, if you're listening, just even though you may not be hearing this in real time, we're recording this in July, you may hear it in August awesome. That's provision in your prayer at that time, at the time that you're listening to pray for Adrian. So whether you're in your car or at home or working out, agree with me in these things. Um, Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you that, uh, that you love the widows in Durant so much, that you love the girls in foster care in Oklahoma so much, that you have birthed vision as seeds into the hearts of your faithful daughters through this ministry and through the physical space that that we're talking about. We thank you for your provision today. God, we praise you because you are a good father. The word says that you own the cattle on a thousand hills, that they're yours. And so we do ask that you rain down the rest of the provision that is necessary for those who are desiring to give and haven't been able to do so. I pray that you would just unlock their finances to be able to give above and beyond even what they are expecting. I thank you, Father, that uh, we have no doubt that you will supply all needs according uh, to your riches, not according to our limited view or measure of what earthly riches are, but, uh, but according to your abundance and the abundance and overflow of your good, good heart, Holy Father. I pray that right now you just anoint whoever that little clerical intern needs to be, whatever age that person, I say intern, but whatever that person is that needs to uh, needs to partner with this ministry to help with those clerical tasks, I pray that you would connect that person with Adrian and that it would be a life-giving relationship both to them and to uh, the ministry at large. And Last but not least, Father, for those who just are diligently seeking you in prayer on a daily basis, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would bring to their remembrance J127 as they pray, and that they would pray uh, released blessings every single day over that ministry. So we thank you for your provision that's coming, both in the uh, the worker that's needed, in the finances that are needed, and in the prayer warriors, uh, Father, that are going to lift up their petitions to heaven on behalf of of those that are our nearest and dearest to your heart and our community. We pray for Adrian, God, that you would just renew her strength, restore to her the joy of her salvation, and that you would carry her through uh, the end of this birthing process, Father. We thank you. We pray blessing upon her, upon her board members, upon every volunteer, every donor. And we ask a hedge of protection be put around every J that is coming that's not yet placed in the home. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. 
Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. We gather for our monthly worship gathering open to any woman who has interest the second Tuesday of every month at the Monterey in the Arts District of Durant, Oklahoma. 